and welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard, I shall be your host for this evening. Um, joining me tonight is a gentleman by the name of Neil Fawcett, who is from Spartan Games. Now, um, for those who have just lis- listened to the most recent uh, episode with myself and Colin, which, um, and if you haven't, you should have, because it was a pretty good one and it was our Christmas special and it was fantastic. Um, then we do mention Spartan Games' latest Kickstarter, so if you haven't listened to that, get back on it. If you have listened to that, thank you very, very much. Um, so, um, good evening, Neil. How are you hey, doing? Hey, Richard. Hi. I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Good. Yes, yes. I'm. I'm uh, thank you uh, very much for, for coming on. And to put a timestamp on this, we are both escaping Strictly Come Dancing. Oh, <laughs> the uh, uh, the final. Uh, well, you know, one of the guys who um, develops rules would be Derek Sinclair. He, he's another. Um, um, we've we've kind of stripped the. Um, um, we escape it on a regular basis. So when our wives are watching Strictly, we run away and talk wargaming things well, because that's, it's just it's safer. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> it's that, to do that sounds that sounds the way the kind of the way the way to go forward. <laughs> Uh, absolutely, it's just you know, vanish away, shut the door, and let them kind of like you know, whoop and make strange noises at some kind of weird nonsense on the TV. So this is um, this is what we call a work in progress show, and what that means is that we bring on somebody from the industry, and um, the reason that Neil is along tonight because you've probably heard us talk about board games, you've heard us talk about card games, you've heard us even jump into LARPing a little bit recently and a bit about uh, RPGs and Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but we haven't really jumped into kind of like um, into Neil's realm. Now he's, what would you describe the kind of genre of kind of, is it tabletop <coughs> war game you would call it? I suppose you're going to. I mean, tabletop war games is, is probably the best way to describe it. I mean, I, my my wife would describe it as that craziness that infested my husband's wife um, a lot of brain years ago and <laughs> took over all and took, took over all common sense. Um, but uh, but yes, it, so, I, mean, <laughs> I used to I used to um, I used to describe it quite amusingly as a thing that kind of almost ended my marriage. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be worse. It could be um, well, it could be f- football. Or any, I guess, male-related hobby always. Has well, a, I did. I mean, I, I did all that when I was younger. I mean, I was kind of, I was an avid football and crazy person when I was younger. Uh. I, I think the thing with war game is it's one of the, you know it's it's that kind of addictive personality, you know. I mean, and 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 people, you know, they they love what they do. They get very um, bought into it. They, kind mm. of, they 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 love the whole hobby. I mean, I, I'm an, I'm a an avid collector, I kind of, I just, I don't buy one thing, I buy a hundred things. And okay. I, I, and, and when I go into wargaming, it was, I mean, I, I love military history and it was my way of kind of going crazy with it. And, uh, I mean, and my whole route, the whole route into wargaming was a complete accidental, accidental farce anyway. But uh, here we are many years on and here we are with me but, games. but then again at the end of the day you're doing something which probably a lot of guys that are into the war gaming would probably um, kind of give their eye teeth to actually do because you've not only taken it past the kind of the, the mere obsession and collection but you've actually yeah. decided it to, to turn it into kind of like a business thing um, I mean one of the things that yeah. we do on kind of We Are Not Wizards is 
we like to, and this is becoming cheesy because I say it too often, <laughs> I need to come up with something else, but we do kind of go back into the past before having a little stare at the present and then yep. take a look into the future. So we're kind of interested in um, find. I mean, it's be interesting to find that you say it's a, a bit of a, a kind of a farce. How did you get into the hobby? I mean, how did you <coughs> kind of take that first step? Well, my, I mean, my background, I'm a technologist at heart and I worked in technology for many years um, and I was a journalist for 17 years. Um, and um, I basically, I took a kind of a life decision to, to, to exit my journalistic career. Um, mm. we, came down to, we came down to Somerset for the, um, an easy, a nice, quiet, easy life. My, my wife was working in corporate industry um, for many years and we both worked um, pretty hard careers. I mean, I did a... You know, I worked very hard as a journalist for 17 years. What kind of journalism were you doing? Um, technology, business, and war, and military. Oh, right, okay. So, so, uh, so I, I was, I was, I was um, very blessed to have had a a, a, a career that that treated me very well. Uh-huh. Um, allowed me to allowed me to live a good life, and I experienced many um, fascinating and exciting things, and met some amazing people. So it, it was one of those, you know, kind of like. It, was a, it, was, it really was a lifestyle. It was wonderful. And my, one of my relaxations was I quite like painting toy soldiers. All right. Um, and uh, so it, it kind of allowed me to, to just get out of the zone and just chill out. And um, it, it, uh, it actually started with a friend of mine, Mike Cowles, buying me a model kit, um, which um, I, and I, I, had, I didn't really have anything to do with that company's products. And it was just, he just bought it for me and thought it would be quite good fun. And it sat under my coffee table. Um, uh, and um, and and, it, and and actually, the reason I go into wargaming actually completely comes back down to ground zero with a with my um, uh, my mother-in-law's crazy cat. Um, okay, which, right. Uh, okay, uh, be... stop that. <laughs> so, so for those that didn't hear that, it comes down to your mother-in-law and her crazy cat. Yeah, basically. Yeah. My mother, my mother-in-law moved house, and she had to get rid of her cat. And her cat came to live with us. Uh-huh. And my and our cats did not like her cat. And her cat was basically this annoying, crazy, psychopathic thing. It was, it was, it was a bit of a. It was just mad. Anyway, uh, my wife put a notice up at work about um, you know a home needed for a cat. You know, we did, at the time, we didn't tell the people that the cat was crazy. Mm. Um, anyway, um, young guy um, called Matt turned up, um, and he, he kind of. Um, he, he, he spotted the uh, the model kit under my coffee table, which had probably been there for about nine months. And he said, "Oh, are you into wargaming?" And I said, "No." And he said, "Oh, but you've got a, you've got that." And I said, he said, "That's for a wargame." I said, um, oh, "My friend bought me it." We got chatting, and then he said to me, "I'm going to a wargame show um, on Saturday. Do you want to come with me?" And for some strange reason, I said, "Sure, sure why not?" Why not? <laughs> Uh, and so, so I found myself on the Saturday getting in the car with this person I didn't really know who who'd taken a psychopathic cat, um, and um, driving all the way to um, the Midlands. I think it was Leicester or something, um, and and walking into this show, and it was like I, it was like I'd been it was like I'd, I'd somehow got myself lost into a sweet shop. And I ended up, um, I ended up spending over two thousand pounds in filling my. What? <laughs> you spent what two thousand? What? Sorry, two thousand pounds. Yeah, I was. Um, I, I just, I just literally, I, I could not have wedged anything else in my car, and I had a big four before. 
and I literally <laughs> filled the bloody thing. What did Matt think of just, this? Did Matt kind of like? Oh, he, he oh he was just he, he thought he was awesome. He thought he thought he was hysterical. Um, and um, my, when I when I got home, my wife hit the roof. <laughs> I mean, she just, she just, she tripped out. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one. Yeah, you know, basically, it was basically got rid of the cat and then ended up coming back with a whole other box of nonsense. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the old fast show sketch, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so, so, Colin, did you, um, did you go out and get the milk and the pasta that we needed? <laughs> no, I, something even better. He turned around and there's like. Yeah. He got the he got the cow. He came back with the cow instead. Yeah, he got the milk, but I got the cow instead. Yeah. So yeah, no, a little it, bit. How many boxes was there? I mean, this is. Oh, I, dread, I, I dread to think. I mean, it's. I mean, if I was to tell you that my wargaming collection, you know, at one point, um, I had I ended up with over a quarter of a million figures in my collection, and about. Okay, 5, I'm going to have to ring the bell because I think we can all say that our previous record for number of things collected was held by Brian Wade. For having about forty thousand magic cards. Um, wow, well, that's saying... a hell of a lot. Well, yeah. I, 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 I can tell. I can tell you now. If you were to, if you were to come to my my war game collection, I've trimmed it down now okay. because obviously I've got my own. War, I've got my own war games company now. Um, but but <laughs> um, um, so but but I, I on on site at my office, I have a forty foot by ten foot lockup with what's left of my war games collection in it. And how many? How many have you still got? Do you reckon? Uh, I'm probably down to probably maybe thirty or forty thousand figures. I've still got about five thousand tanks. This is brilliant. <laughs> I'm just this is. I could just imagine you just coming in and saying, "So how did you get on?" And you must have probably there must have been a conversation that went on between you, you and your wife, to say, uh, do you know what? I can't believe I've just asked this guy. I can't believe I'm going to go into the show with Matt. I well, don't I'm wet, know. I'm wet, yeah. Well, do you know, I'm, I'm working on the idea that my wife will never listen to this, so I'm kind of, you know, praying to her that she never, that she ne- that she never does. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, my addiction to wargaming at one point, I was probably spending ten grand a month. Really? Yeah. Was I mean, this I, while I, you were I, working as a journalist, though? No, I'd actually quit. Oh right. So okay. this, 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 this was me. Um, you know, this is just me filling my time. <laughs> You've been better with some kind of cocaine habit or something, because like, um, you would have been able to hide the evidence. Well, do you know what? My my wife would probably my wife would probably tell you it was le- it would have been less antisocial. <laughs> no, that's um, not true because you need at least one pl- you need at least one person to you know, play my, a wargaming game. I I, I think do you know I think I think I went a bit unhinged when I actually left it because at one point in my old house in Hampshire, mm. the, the top the top floor of the house was kind of my was my my home office. I had a a lovely kind of um, sort of forty foot by twenty odd foot home office. It was fantastic, mm. and uh, because and through the through my, uh, my journalism, I, I had about twenty twenty five PCs on a network up there. So I used to have um, land gaming sessions where my mates would come around. I'll be game in my office. Um, so between that and war gaming, I was kind of like basically living the dream. <laughs> that sounds like yeah. Um, so. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, this isn't. I mean, this is just like the strangest. It's not the strange. It's not strange as in strange, but this is potentially the best story ever <laughs> that we've heard. Because uh, no I, I have. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I, I, I've been lucky over the years. I've, I've actually yeah. been. You know, I mean, I, I, like I said, you know, work, work, work hard. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I kind of, I pulled the stops out as a journalist for a long time. My, my wife, um, she's had it. You know, she, she, well, she still does to this day, but she worked. You know, 
she worked herself silly with it all. She's, she's an incredible worker. Yeah. Um, very fastidious with things. I, I, I just, um, I don't know really. I mean, I, was, I, I kind of enjoyed it. I loved the, I loved the, I loved the gaming. I mean, I used to work in the gaming industry a long time ago anyway, so I always loved video games. So what did you do? In, what did you do in the um, gaming industry? I was connected to the Atari world, so I kind of, um, so I kind of, I know that whole kind of Atari eight bit, sixteen bit, Atari ST, Commodore Amiga, that whole thing. I mean, that's uh, that I, I kind of came from that world before I got into into journalism and, and proper technology. What were you doing? Um, what were you doing with them then? Um, I, I I used to run um, some magazines years ago called Atari User and Atari ST User and things like that a long long time ago. You did. Um, I know them. <laughs> I remember those magazines. Oh, they, 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 well, that was database publications. It started, but then it went into a company. Then, then they became Euro Press. I don't know what, what happened yeah. to them after that. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, I, I kind of fell into that by accident, and then um, I then applied for a job on a thing called Computer Weekly, uh-huh. um, which at the time, when I first came across it, was just an advert I saw in the Guardian, um, and I didn't even know what the hell it was. And, um, and it was only when I came down for the job interview that. I'm pretty sure that John, who the guy who interviewed me, um, I'm pretty sure he felt sorry for me because he was 45 minutes late for my interview. So to this day, I swear to God that he only gave me the job because he was, he was embarrassed. <laughs> it was a um, pity thing. You could have came in sorry yeah. for keeping you so long. Yeah, it was, it was probably like, oh my God, there's this northern bloke arrived who's to, who wants a job <laughs> and, he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he, he thinks he can write. Um, yeah. And it's like, you know, so it's out of sheer indulgence, he kind of like gave me a job and... Uh, yeah, it, it it was fun. I mean, I kind of you know, I I I got to to do some really cool stuff. You know, interview the people like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and Rod Canyon who founded Compaq and all of these all these you know luminaries in the industry became good friends with a lot of them. And yeah, it was it was fabulous. It was a great it was a great seventeen years of my life. Um, um and um, you know, so I think I really if if I'm if I'm honest, I mean, a lot of it was kind of it was it was almost outside of the envelope anyway because. If you get if you do well, at, journalism's a hard job to to make a lot of money out of anyway. Yeah, it's it's not it's not it's not the, the best paying career in the world. But <coughs> excuse me, working in technology meant that I I got to um, you know to write books and do stuff and and and, and have a good living. And, and of course, met my wife because she was working at Microsoft at the time. All right. And um, and and it sort of um, it kind of just snowballed for me, and you end up with. Um, you're in a kind of an artificial environment. It's not really the real world. I mean, I mean, you know, I went, I, I ate in the best restaurants in London, and I never paid. You know, I went to, I went to the bar, and I very rarely paid because the PR person would probably. Yeah, yeah. Or, or I'd get, or I'd get on an aeroplane, I'd fly first class somewhere, and then go to, and end up in Los Angeles or New York or, you know, I don't know, wherever. Um, kind of being kind of like pumping and after and spoiled. Bumping into Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and. Yeah, oh yeah, Steve Jobs was the first person to ever throw me out of an interview, actually. It's quite funny. Terminated no, no, right, contract. okay. Now, see, this is, you know, um, let's, okay, well, how did that happen then? Um, oh, well, he, he'd left Apple. I mean, the whole Apple the whole Apple thing had gone all a bit horribly wrong for him. And, yeah. um, and he, he'd founded Next Computer. And, um, and basically, uh, we were at the, I'm pretty sure if memory serves me, it was a while ago, it was the Palladium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, we were, and we were in a meeting room there, addressing something in the Palladium. Uh, I've no idea to this day why the hell it's the Palladium, um, and um, I was, I I was, I had a bit of a reputation in those days as being a bit of a hard-nosed journalist, um, and that's me putting, that's me being polite to myself. I think most people thought I was an idiot, um, and um, I, uh, but you know, a, a journalist. I was on a training course once, and a journalist told me he said there's two types of journalists. He said there's the ones that people remember, and there's the ones that people don't know who their name is. 
Right. He said, so he said, so he said, and you're at the beginning of your career, make your mind up. Do you want to be remembered for who you are, or do you want people to just not know who you are? Yeah. And I very, I very quickly decided that I had to make sure that people remembered me. Um, and um, so, anyway, I'm in the interview, and he he was launching the next computer, and I was working on a business new paper that understood technology, and I understood technology, so I was basically being a little bit acerbic towards him, and it, and and his expectations on, on, on what he would do or not do with the next with the next workstation and I was being a little bit um, flippant I suppose and in the end he told me I was acting the wrong interview and told me to leave <gasps> Were you calling him out on some of the because if you got the techie stuff were you turning around and saying well actually that's going to be too slow or that might be a bit quick or that might not work I, I, or... I kept using the word proprietary in the right and because in the industry I, I was I, I was watching an industry that was manifestly changing itself away from the whole idea of proprietary. It was all standardization and the whole the whole revolution of the PC was about standardization. Yeah. And and everything about the next workstation cried non standard. And it was right away down to having stupid things like optical drives, which which at the time were not fast enough to actually be any any common sense to anybody really. Yeah. Um the the display was whilst an interesting idea didn't make sense. I mean, there was just nothing about it that gelled as a as something that was going to become an industry-leading um, product, it was a great piece of technology. I mean, it, 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 there was some fundamental underlying architectural things that were fantastic. Yeah. But 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 the, the core crux of it was this thing was going to die. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was just, just going to die. I can just imagine there being like because you get these big motivational kind of pictures <laughs> on like LinkedIn in places like that. Steve Jobs saying, you know. Never give up. Every failure eventually leads to success. And folk going, that's so profound. Another another person commenting saying he was so brilliant. And you would comment underneath saying he chucked me out an interview once. <laughs> Just yeah, he, yes, he was a bit. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously the guy was a luminary and, and, and all that sort of good stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was just it was quite funny. I thought, I mean, it's sort of. Um, yeah, I mean that would that that's sort of some. What did the uh, what did the boss say when you got back and say so? <laughs> when are we publishing the interview? And you kind of said, actually, I, I just got told to write the piece, and I and I, I wrote a very acerbic piece, and I think um, <clears throat> at the time I wrote a piece that said I said if they sold thirty thousand units, I'll be shocked. <laughs> um, uh, and I think they pro- I think they probably oh, sold about thirty thousand and two, you know. Oh my goodness! Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was, it was like I said, it was a good career. I was very, I was, you know, I was very, I was very um, fortunate to have been. Allowed to play in that in that in in in, in the park, you know, with, the, with these people, because yeah, I was born and bred in the, you know on the council estate in Middlesbrough. All right, you know, kind of. Um, so I so I, so I didn't exactly kind of wake up one morning and go, Do you know what, I'm actually going to go and become a journalist and make an impact on the industry. Yeah, duh, you know, I mean, back in Middlesbrough in those days, you were lucky if you had a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's me. I mean, that's basically where I started. So yeah, I, I kind of met Matt, went to a war game show. Um, yeah. Went loopy, bought bought a ton of stuff, kept buying tons of stuff, and, uh, and that was that really. That, that's that's how I got into wargaming. So, what kind of stuff were you playing? Um, <coughs> oh, what oh, I mean, what was um, the balance between obviously, if you keep collecting and collecting? Um, I was very. I've <laughs> always been into World War Two. Um, I love World War Two. Twenty mil scale World War Two. Um, I was kind of brought up on on the whole airfix thing. Hmm. Um, so that kind of that one seventy second scale was was really appealing to me. Um, like the Volionics, um and um 
Yeah, I mean, basically, it was, it was predominantly kind of Napoleonics and World War Two, I, I guess, that, that kind of got me hooked at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the American Civil War um, was quite fun. And then, <coughs> excuse me, I um, I, I kind of liked the idea of getting into, into naval stuff. I've always liked um, kind of the idea of naval, and I wanted to do um, fantasy naval stuff. And I, sort of took, I, took, I looked around at what was out there mm-hmm. and, um, and, very, and decided I didn't like it. Um, that were what was out there and I didn't like what I saw so I thought well you know I'm a reasonably bright guy I can have a go at writing some rules um, uh-huh. and then I'd, and I'd met somebody to do some sculpting and I'd, so I said so I actually said to them I said will you, will you sculpt me some models um, so I made that and um, I really at the time I didn't I didn't have a kind of a a, a, a belief that Spartan games or anything like that was going to exist but it was, I was doing it completely purely for me so how long I um, mean how long how long ago was this then Neil I mean um, Spartan Games is about um, eight nine year old I guess now something like that mm. so it's, it's it's sort of um, well you can do the maths I'm sure you're a smart lad <laughs> yes uh, and um, so I uh, <coughs> excuse me sorry I got a bit of a cough and I apologise for coughing no that's okay recording. that's fine I've got, I've got I've got my orange juice I'm up here <laughs> you take a drink so I, had, so, I had, so I had so I had the models and um, at the time I was sort of um, I I kind of I probably hadn't really worked for about four years. I would kind of become a house husband with my kids, and my yeah. wife was my wife was busy doing stuff. And then I think one day she sort of like must have come home and took a look at all the stuff I'd bought, and then decided that actually it was time to you know stop being an idiot and go and get a job again. Um, and and I was basically I was I was kind of in this kind of odd limbo in, in as much as my my CV as a journalist was probably worth diddly squat. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't done it for a while, and um, you know I wasn't exactly going to go back to being a technologist because I was kind of way out of date on that. Yeah. So um, and again, it was it boils down to to, to, to Mike, my friend Mike. Again, we, we, I was sort of chatting one day, and um, he was like, "Well, you know, have you thought about selling, you know, some of your stuff, or have you thought about you know doing this? Or what, what about selling those fantasy ships?" And I was like, "Well, I don't think anybody would really want to buy them." And um, he said, well, he said, you never know, do you? And I said, well, that's true. So I sat with my wife, and she said, and I remember she said to me, she said, well, she said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I said, I can have a go. I said, so I can go and get a job. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, and I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't stressed by the idea of going to get a job. I just, I just didn't want to do it sort of thing. That would have meant kind of, you know, getting up and putting proper clothes on. and uh, you know, <laughs> uh, no, you know, Not being able to go and visit the models whenever you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, you know, if I'm, I'm having a depressed day, so I just go and stroke some tanks. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, um, and also uh, my I, I, my wife had bought me a full size snooker table, so I kind of like so my day was in was mixed in between kind of painting models and then playing snooker and basically you know doing what an awful lot of war gamers do, which is basically um, count their collection and make notes and then have a plan of what they're going to do with it and then not do well, actually do any other thing at yeah, all. Yeah, you know, and uh, so um, anyway, I, I got chatting to some people and, and I. Uh, um, I said, well, actually, I was talking to France. She said, well, you know, you know, how much money do you want to to, to do? I said, well, I said, I, don't know. I reckon I can probably get it off the ground with ten or fifteen thousand quid. So, so, so she agreed that um, I could take ten or fifteen thousand quid out of the savings and just have a have a, have a punt. Um, so we basically, um, I, I found somebody. I found somebody that um, could, could print a rule book for me and so could print some other bits and pieces. And I found somebody who could. Um, cast the ships up, and and I built a little, I built a little website. I was kind of like built it myself, and uh, yeah. took snaps and pictures, put it on the website, and um, and said, um, hey, look at this, hey, hey, we're making, we're making these things. And that was the thing, I, and it was a game I called Uncharted Seas, 
No, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, and and there was a, there was a lad there was a lad Mark who's helping us with stuff and, and blessing him. He's a good guy. I like Mark, and um, uh, and we 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 do, we dabbled with some bits and pieces. Anyway, we, we kind of um, you know we we talked about stuff for a while. I mean, I made it launching the models, and, and I put them on, and it just went it just went looping. I mean, it went it went it just went crazy from uh, from the offset. And I think by about week two, we had our first couple of phone calls from American distributors saying, "We like what we see. We'd like to represent you in America." And I, I hadn't even. I mean, I'd done it as a mail order thing. I, I'd even, I hadn't even considered the idea that it might end up in shops or something. <laughs> um, so, you know, I mean, I mean, honestly, I, it wasn't like. It was, I mean, I, I would love to sit here and tell you that I'd sat there with this kind of fifteen. <laughs> you kind of planned it out. I had, had this fifteen-page grand plan, <laughs> this grand strategy. To, 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 and it was, there was none of that. It was just, it was just, it was, um, it was nonsense. I think we. I mean, I, I'd planned to make, you know, to sell a. a Couple of hundred ships in the first month or two, yeah. And I think we, end, I think we ended up selling about fifteen or sixteen thousand. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, and it was just, uh, it's just, it was quite funny, really. And anyway, so we did in Chatsy, and it just, um, it just snowballed. And I remember sitting in the garden with my wife, and um, and, her, and and at this point there was boxes in the kitchen, boxes in the garage, and there were boxes here and there were boxes there, and. We'd even roped in some neighbours to come and help us pack things to get them out the door uh-huh. because it was just it was just it was mad. Because my, my my wife had a full time career and so she you know and I, and I was like you know I'd never, I'd never sold anything retail before um, and it was just it was funny it was sort of um, uh, and she said you know she said well you know what she said, what are you going to do and I said she said because this thing has just um, got a life of its own and I know it's not quite what you expected but you know what's the plan and I said. I'm not sure, really. I said, but I think I need to get an office. And, um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, by that found... time, I take it the um, the money that had disappeared out the savings that had all that had all come back in by then. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, it was. I mean, I, I can't. I can't remember what the first book cost me to print. I mean, but I mean, it, I mean, I'd soaked up the money and dumped it, and um, and I was buying the stock. I mean, it was it. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. It, I mean, it eventually got to a point where it became. Um, too cumbersome for for the, the the guy that was doing the resin, he had his own business anyway, and and, and my stuff started interfering. You know, having to make my stuff is interfering with him making his own stuff. And I remember um, going to salute one year, and um, we we designed some new models for the for the, for the show, and um, it, was, it was like a couple of weeks before the show that there wasn't none. They didn't, they hadn't been made because he'd been so busy with his own stuff, and he hadn't kind of got to my stuff. And I remember thinking, oh man, this isn't going to work. You know, this is this is this is not good for the customer because it's terrible. Yeah. Um, but but you know, I mean, it was it's just no, nobody really uh, when it started. No, we we kind of didn't know. You know that like I said, there, there had been no grandiose expectation that it was going to go don't do big. Um, so it's quite funny, really. And uh, anyway, um, in the end, I got an office, and then you know we ended up um, taking manufacturing on board ourselves. I mean, that was a. That was it. That was to this day. I don't. I mean, I don't know if it was brave, stupid, foolhardy, or just you know whatever. But we, but you know, suddenly making. I took a decision. I sat there one day, having had a couple of um, supply problems, and said, "You know what? I want to make this go. We're going to build this ourselves. We are going to. We're going to. We're going to own all the manufacturing ourselves and do it all ourselves on site." <laughs> um, but at the time, I didn't know anything about you know. Spinning metal or no. making resin, no. um, it was, which it, so it was all a bit of a it was all a bit of a shock of a wake up call. Uh, so yeah, and then and um, so Chatsy did well for us, and it did kind of built the company. And then we brought Five Star Mamadra out, and that went and that just went absolutely um, 
I mean, bonkers. I mean, the first month of, of um, Five Star Mamada, I, mean, I remember it was leading up to the Christmas, and we had to make 44,000 spaceships in a month. <laughs> okay. So, um, how much sleep? How much sleep did you get, and how much coffee did you consume? No, uh, not, not much. Not much sleep. I, I mean, I brought. I, I brought. There was all these freelance model maker guys came in and were doing stuff. And, yeah. um, our landlord gave us another building that we could use where we were, where we were kind of casting and demolishing. And in fact, um, I actually, it, I was. I remember I dislocated my um, my 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 right thumb. Extracting models out of the silicon rubber molds, it would be it was really? just it, it was non-stop. We were doing, you know, we were doing ten hours a day. And I remember, I remember trying to remove a spaceship from one of the molds, and I actually heard my thumb go. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it, was, it was the weirdest thing. Um, uh, yeah, it was. It, it got. Um, it went. To, it, 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 was, it was actually. It was, it was really weird because we, we had this thing where it kind of doubled every time we did a new game. It kind of doubled, um, and. Um, so Firestorm did incredibly well. I mean, that's been out for probably six years now. Yeah. More than, more than, more Actually, probably more like eight years, I guess. You know, I've been around a while. Dystopian Wars is six-year-old. Dystopian Wars was a game that um, completely re- restructured the company as it was. I mean, that, that just went um, crazy for us. I mean, just unbelievably crazy. I mean, that, I mean, I'm, I remember when, we, when I launched that game, it was, it was, it was, I was on holiday in France and um, I had this idea for doing that. Victorian super science fiction game. It was it was it was kind of it was, it was plaguing me. It was I, I wanted to design this game, and, um, and my wife told told everybody that it was, that was a holiday in France that I completely ruined because, right? I remember <laughs> we, 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 we we kind of arrived in France and then I spent the entire holiday just designing this game, um, much to the annoyance of my wife. My children um, they didn't care. They were young enough to actually kind of let dad get away with it, but. Um, my wife, uh, and, you know, to this day, I don't think she was very pleased. But anyway, we did dystopian wars, and um, I remember we shipped it. I remember a couple of our American distributors um, were not interested in it. They told us that they didn't think it would sell at all. And we were like, well, you know, we've done it now, and let's just see what happens sort of thing. And Gary, who looks after my sales channel, um, I remember him ringing me on about the 26th of December. Because um, we were we were quite pleased with ourselves because we we hit all of our orders we got everything out the door and it all it all gone great and we were all very happy. Um, and um, he rang me up and he said, um, you know, when does manufacturing go back to work after Christmas? And I said, well, you know, fourth of January, every, like everybody else. And he said, um, is there any way you can get them back earlier? <laughs> and I said, okay. well, I said, well, I said no. And I said, and I said why? And he said, um, dystopian was has sold really well over Christmas. And I said. What does what does selling well mean? He said. Well, he said there's over eighty thousand models in the order book. My goodness. And he said so. He said so. Uh, and at the time, then with our manufacturing capability and staff and everything else, we, I think we worked out that it, was, it would take us six weeks to clear the backlog. Um, and uh, we actually um, had to go and hire a ton of people and and, and basically just get more bodies on um, to to come on board. It was sort of. Um, it, it, again, it, was, it just it kind of it kind of snowballed and escalated, and, and um, uh, yeah, I mean, just something was. Why? It's, I it's, mean, it's, it's, yeah. why do you think that is? I mean, I don't know. To be honest with you, I, I mean, I, I think I, I mean again, yeah, I'd love to tell you that I was kind of a, a business genius, and, and 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 I just knew from the start it was all going to happen, but it wasn't like that. It was it was it was never. I mean, you know, I never, it was never built. I never sat there one day and, and, and Francis we said, you know what, we'll end up with twenty yard staff and we'll have all mm. this machinery and, and mm. it will be, it'll be crazy. It was never um, 
that was never the intent. It was always um, I, 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 I don't know what it was to be. It was partly me looking for a new career, I suppose. But I was kind of looking for something that I could immerse myself in because my personality is immersive anyway. I like to get involved in things. Um, so I, it, it's true. I, um, I mean, you know, we I felt we innovated very well um, because I, I very I, I, very early on in the history of the company, I. Um, uh, this, this whole idea of, of 3D design to rapid prototyping to, 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 to product was something I kind of got involved in, in very very heavily. So, uh, in fact, I mean that that in fact that's what that was one of the, the things that caused Uncharted Seas a great deal of problems because the very first models that we made were, were, were hand sculpted analog models, uh-huh. and then and then I took a decision to take it digital and, yes. and re re sculpt everything digitally. Um, and the problem is we ended up creating a, um, a a gulf between the two products because you had people who owned the analog fleet and you had shops that had the you know the old digital the old the old um, hand sculpted models, but when the new digital ones came along, they were they were so much better. They were leaps and bounds better. So we ended up kind of like shooting ourselves in the foot. Did you get um, yeah. people getting in contact and complaining about the quality? Oh, we I, I, to the other. Yeah, a little bit like that. I mean, I mean, probably the biggest thing is that you know what? As I, I managed to upset the shops enough that I ended up having to buy a whole lot of my own stock back. Um, um, so you know, sort of, I, I don't remember exactly how much it cost me, but I mean, it was it was tens of thousands of pounds that just got bought back and thrown in the skip. Um, For, I mean, okay. I mean, dialing it, dialing it back a bit, because as we said in well before we started the chat and before we started recording. I said, you know, even at the beginning of the show, I said we've covered so many kind of areas. For those that are looking at, for those who are looking at kind of like tabletop wargaming, and they'll listen to the show tonight, and we'll obviously we'll have show notes to the website and to the projects that you you know you guys have been involved in. What's for you? What's the hook for wargaming? Why should somebody with the board game hobby being as big as it is? Why should yeah. somebody think about the wargaming side of things? You know what? Well, I mean, I, one of the things I love about wargaming is I love, I love, I love the, the, the kind of camaraderie, but I love the crack of having your mates come round and mm. that whole idea that, so from that point of view, I, I kind of love that. Um, it gets people together, it gets them interacting, it gets them being social, it gets them being passionate about something, and, and, and that's great. Um, the rules. I, I, I like. I like world building. I look at it as kind of building the world. I so think the thing is, is yeah, the reason I like playing World War Two was because I love the history of World War Two. I don't. I don't like death and killing. I'm not kind of a morbid freak. I don't like the fact that you know I'm, I'm rolling dice because things die. Yeah. I like. I, I love World War Two history. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's sort of and it's something. You know, my book collection is is. I mean, I dread to think how many books I own. I mean, thousands of books, and they're all military history books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will, So when I used to sort of um, war game World or Two, it was because I used to buy the books. And I would, so if I was going to play Pegasus Bridge or the Battle of the Bulge or um, Kursk or anything like that, I would spend weeks reading and researching, and and then I would write the scenarios, uh, making them as historically accurate as I can. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, so I kind of looked. For me, it was I loved, I loved kind of getting immersed into the subject matter. Um, and so the thing about wargaming, that's what the, you know, I get to build my fleet. I get, so, so whether it's Firestorm or Dystopian or Uncharted, I get to build my fleet. I get to wargame my fleet. I get to paint my fleet. I get to fine tune my collection and play it how I want to play it. If I want to play 
tanks. I build a tank down if I want to play, you know, a flyers or I want to play naval. It's that that for me. It's that whole kind of mm. I get to I get to choose what I want to game and I get to choose the models I want to game within yeah. the world and then I get to play these scenarios and then if I don't want to take it to a campaign level, I can play the whole world war. And that's the thing that I that's what I like. And I think that's what people get into. I mean, people. I mean. You know, as you as you mentioned, Paul, we're running this Kickstarter, and and we, it's a dystopian Wars one. I, I've just spent the last four weeks having the most brilliant time just interacting and reading the messages because you know the, the guys who are looking after sort of, well the Kickstarter, they're sending me these messages. I'm going onto it, and, to, and, and the, <laughs> the, the the feedback from people and the reaction and, and the and and the buzz of it. It's it's be, it's it's very very um, seductive to actually to, to be to see these people getting excited over something you've created that 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 gives me a massive kick yeah the fact that they that they do that and 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 even and even when they even when they're emailing because they're upset with us over something it's still you know at the end of the day it's you've got to listen to your customer a long time ago on a podcast i remember sort of i remember saying something which a few people which i think shocked me. i remember saying something like if you don't listen to your customer then you, you, you need to be stood against the wall and shot in the back of the head <laughs> because, because it, it's you know, the customer is the lifeblood of what I do. Yeah. With, without these guys being passionate about my games and my models, who the hell am I? <laughs> do you? I'm just some bloke who makes models, but with, uh, those guys are what make it real. Do you get a chance to play as much as you want to now? I mean, has the days of you playing a couple of rounds of snooker and then you know, going and inspecting the model is that, is that now kind of far behind you? Do you still able, are no. you still do you still got a chance to get stuff to the table? Well, nobody nobody at work will play me a sneaker anyway because, because, <laughs> because, because I keep beating them. So yeah, I, I need I might need to find I, need, I might need to hire some of you who just happen to be a great sneaker player. That'd be phenomenal. <laughs> actually. That, that in fact, what a Nirvana that would be. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? You know, the guy's a war gamer. He's great at his job, and he can whoop me at Stephen. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. So I'd be very pleased by that. Um, no, I don't. I mean, the last couple of years, definitely not, because we've been very busy with Halo um, on top of everything else. So I, I haven't, um, I haven't had a lot of time to game. I game at home. I'm trying to convince my son that he wants to, to game more. Um, he's more. Is this um, the technical he, wizard I spoke to this earlier? Is, this on? is this is this is a young gentleman who got this working for us. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and uh, who, who will now be in his bedroom blowing the hell out of something on his Xbox? Uh, I, I dread to think what um, because he because he, he won't be anywhere near strictly come dancing. That's for sure. Uh, he'll, 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 he'll be I don't know, demolishing a zombie or something or playing. Listen, as long as I as long as I check it's taping, then she'll yeah. be she'll be happy because uh, <laughs> the um, the yeah the other the other half is out. Um, involved in Christmas festivities, uh, so it wasn't a case of. So, are you okay? You know, you're going to be good speaking to this guy at the night. It, was, it wasn't anything like that. It wasn't a case of make sure the you know the kids go to bed okay and everything like that. It was a case of if Strictly isn't taping, I'm going to kill you. And it's like, um, but you watch it on iPlayer. What difference does it make? <laughs> Something to do with how fast it um, No, no, my 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 <clears throat> two sit and watch it live so they can vote. Really? Well, oh there yeah, you go. They, yeah, there yeah. you go. Let's touch on Halo. Actually, I, I've got a new idea for strictly condensing. Actually, my my vote on it is that instead <laughs> of voting them off the show, yeah, what they should do is the the winning couple should be shot. <laughs> oh for goodness! Another way, there's a losing couple should be shot. That, 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 that'll make him dance better don't you think 
Um, yeah, potentially. Um, I think there might be some complaints. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, only, I mean, not north of the border, there wouldn't be. No, maybe not. We would see. No. We'll have yeah, to see. Like, people in York, people in York should be fine with that. <laughs> And there goes, there goes the the. Well, no, they probably Yorkshire. Yeah, no, it's really okay. I'm, I'm, I'm from, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm from Yorkshire. I'm fine. I can so there you that. go. That's fine. That's not a problem at all. <laughs> sorry, I, 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 I took a side sideline of conversation. Where did we get to on that one? Halo. Where did we get? Halo. Uh, what? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, so, no, no, no. You asked me about gaming. Um, yeah, yeah, not not as much as I'd like to. Um, you know, I mean, lots of lots of gaming with rules writing. I've got Derek up in Edinburgh, who's um, the, the main rules man, mm. um, who works with Derek. I mean, Derek's a jemmy. I mean, I couldn't do it without him. And um, it, it's sort of uh, no. I, I, I would. I, I really would like to game more, but it's, it, but it's, I get I get it in when I can. Yeah. Um, and um, but uh, yeah, yeah. And um, Halo. I mean. Oh yes. How. <laughs> How did it happen? And I'm going to just answer the question, which is, you send this, you send emails out to people, and what happens is that they come back to you and say, yeah, let's have a conversation, and that's kind of how these things happen. Yeah, it's kind of wonder. Yeah, I was in the office um, a couple of years back, chat to somebody, um, and he said to me, if you could license any game, what would you license? And I said, Halo. Um, and he was, and he was like, okay. And and he said, well, he said, um, I know a licensing agent. He said, shall, shall I ask it? And mm-hmm. I said, yeah, go. I said, go for it. And anyway, he, so he he contacted her, and um, it ironically turned out that she knew somebody who worked in 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 um, a licensing for for three for three. Um, and um, we got um, we got connected up, and then. Um, uh, they said, um, I, I don't know the full story of, of, of how it all happened in, in, in Seattle, but, but um, I, I know that they they, they, they agreed to have a, to have a conference call, and um, uh, and anyway, so there was kind of like we we did the conference call, and um, so they turned up, and we turned up, and we all sat there on the end of a telephone, and um, it it just it was a really really nice conversation. They were incredibly passionate people. You could obviously tell, I mean, literally from the get go, you can tell that these guys just love what they do. You know they they kind of they love the whole universe. They love what they've done with Halo, and uh, and of course you know I, we, I was trying to desperately not be a fanboy because I love Halo as well. So I'm sorry. You know, so, I mean, just you know, didn't so, want to go down on your knees and go, I love you. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. So try try my best to not be like that, and uh, um, and probably failing miserably. Huh. And and it turned out that um, a couple of the guys in the studio they were familiar with um, Spartan Games, and they they knew they, they knew dystopian was, they knew Five Star Armada. And they said, you know, thanks for the conversation, and um, we'll, we'll we'll come back to you. And I remember we put the phone down. I remember looking at my wife, and and she went, "Well, that went really well." And I went, "Yeah." And then she said to me, "So what happens if they say yes?" I went, "I don't know. I hadn't got that far." I think. <laughs> Just ask the question. Uh, uh, I, I, I honestly hadn't. I hadn't. And so anyway, and, and then um, it was um, not very long after that. Um, <laughs> We got a we got the message back from saying that we've had the conversation and um, you know what the hell go on then Let, let's do it. That sounds fantastic. Uh, so and, um, and yeah. yeah and yeah it was it was bizarre it was it, you could have um, you could have knocked me over with a feather actually it was it was it, I, I was very shocked I mean you know I, I believe in my guys I've got, I've got great people working with me I'm, but I'm very lucky that I've got some uh, some fabulously talented folk that. Are, 
have come to live in the middle of nowhere because we are literally in the middle of nowhere in Somerset. Um, you know, in the middle of nowhere, talented bunch of guys, very passionate, energetic, and they've come to work for me. And um, and then, you know, like I said, the, the, the guys are three for three, said yes. And um, yeah, we, we kind of like, we were, we were here, we, suddenly we were on this kind of roller coaster ride. And um, it was like, you know, wow. <laughs> Hello. Were you kind of like, I mean, did it take time to sink in? Because it is. Yeah, it, 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 it took a while. It took a while. I'd probably say the whole relationship took probably somewhere between six and eight months to, to figure out because it's complicated. It, you know, it's not just a video game to those guys. It, 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 it's, it, it's this, it's this multi billion dollar franchise that is, 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 is beloved be, be by their fans around, around the world and, and suddenly we come along and we're a tiny, you know, we are a tiny cog. In, 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 in the whole kind of grand scheme of it and um, and of course so we had to learn how to work with them on how they do and they you know, they work very differently to us and we probably you know we probably shocked the hell out of them in the, in the way that we did things because you know we were we're see we, we were used to just turning on a dime you know if, we, if, I, if I wake up on a Monday morning and, and, and have an idea to do something I can walk into the office and, and walk up to one of the CAD guys and go um, I need you to make me a 14 legged alien space monster yeah. thing with 26 eyes and I'll have it on Wednesday please and off he pops I mean, I mean we've never made a model like that I'm being really stupid there but you know you, you kind of get <laughs> yeah no no no, it, no, no, I, no. I, and then you know I, then I've got a, I've got this kind of enormous rapid prototyping machine so that I can then take that CAD file put it onto the rapid prototyper you know 12 hours later the thing comes off the machine the guys in manufacturing clean it submaster it you know so within within probably Four days, I can have something that can go to market. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy. Um, and whereas they can't work that way because they, you know there's a whole there's a whole business that has to kind of run running this regimented process. It has to get signed off. It has to get validated. It has to get checked. It has to make sure it's official canon. It mm. and, and so it's a it's a much more complicated um no, no, uh, beastie. And and of course and suddenly we kind of like we're we're sliding into that process and they've been incredibly understanding and incredibly supportive of us uh, over the last um well, two years. Um and um now we we're very, very lucky. Um and uh you know and, and also bless them. We, we 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 went to them at one point and said, you know what, we'd like to design some spaceships for you because <laughs> oh cause you, my goodness. And you know, and you know what they said, that sounds like a great idea. Off you pop. Fantastic. And 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 and, and so literally within six months of the relationship, we were designing brand new spaceships that would appear in the Halo universe. How and did that? Is there a possibility that the ships that you've designed to be in fleet battles? Are going to end up in a future iteration of the next game. Then. I don't know. I have no idea what their plans are like that. I mean, mm. I mean, um, I, I, I mean, I, I've seen the proofs of a book whereby uh, that's done by another company, whereby spaceships that I designed are in that book. How did and that? That's kind of, and that's that's kind of cool. How did they make, How did that make you feel when you saw that? Well, do you know, I'm very proud for my model makers because it—that's one of the one of the one of the kind of funniest things about running the war games company is that for, for for all of these donkey years, the journalist, I just kept selling me. It was all about selling me. And yeah. You me. Yeah. You know, you're, I mean, yeah. You know, the journalists are like the most amazing cause, basically. You know, people, <laughs> people, you know, people, people pay as money and will do stuff. Um, 
and, and, for, and I had that for all those years. And suddenly, with the war games, I suddenly had this thing whereby I had these um, young guys who just were incredibly talented, making cool stuff. And yeah, and I kind of get, yeah, I, I was kind of found myself getting excited on behalf of them. So, so when when suddenly the Microsoft guys are like, you know, what about this or that? And and then and the, so the guy makes a spaceship, somebody like Chris, and then it goes off to them, and then and. The, the Microsoft guys are like, yeah, that's that's great, you know, um, that that works really well, thank you. But and, and it's like that's a massive um, feather in his cap, oh, yeah. it's a feather in, feather in the company's cap, and it's that's exciting. So um, no, no, that, and they, you know, I, mean, I, remember, I remember on a trip to Seattle with um, I took one of the model makers, Chris, one with me, uh, and we were in the meeting room um, with these guys, <coughs> and we had the the, the the Microsoft guys were all sat around, the three for three guys were there. Uh-huh. And the art director, the Halo Five art director, was there with Whoa. with other with, with the other gap. So, so to, you know, and and then this guy has got status inside that company. You know, he's, you know, he, you know, he's the art director of Halo Five, and they were working on Halo Five when we were there. And uh, and uh, in fact, it was in fact I think it might have been about about very they it was pretty much coming out the door. I think it must have been around about the October. Anyway, we were sort of sat in a meeting, and and it was um, it was the most it was the coolest incident we had. Um, they were, we were discussing spaceships, and we just um, and my lad was discussing the the language, the design language with the art director. They were having this fantastic conversation and dialogue about the the, the, the design language of spaceships, <laughs> um, and uh, and it sort of um, one of our models was there, and it was a Covenant ORS um, heavy cruiser, yeah. and, uh, and that was that had been designed by Chris. And um, I remember um, Sparth picking the spaceship up and looking at it. And basically turned to Glenn, Glenn Israel, and said, "You know, and, and it was like you know, this, 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 this model is 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 a lovely covenant model. Look at it." And they, and they were looking at, it and they were they were being wonderfully flattering about it, and it was really nice. And then, and then, um, I can't remember the exact words, but basically, in essence, what um, Sparth said about the spaceship being perfect as covenant. And then Glenn said, well, "I didn't design it," and he pointed across the table at my guy and said, "He designed it." <laughs> oh and that was and that was and that was such a cool moment so, I mean and I think that um, Chris who's probably I've, I've no idea how tall he is probably let's, let's call him 5'10 suddenly um, swelled to like 6 foot 4 and it was just and it was so cool because that that kind of that wonderful kind of uh, um, validation of what we've done yeah. it was a very nice validation because it had been it was hard work and it took a lot of effort um, and it took a lot of effort on our part to, to kind of to learn to work with these guys, and and um, it, incredibly exciting, and all at the same time. I mean, it, it kind of it did take me away from some of my other games because we had to focus hard on what we were doing. But as you've seen by the dystopian was kicked out, you know, we're we're back in with our own stuff, and um, really hammering home the development. Two thousand seventeen is going to be. Massive and an amazing year for dystopian wars and Firestorm. We've got an awful lot of really exciting stuff coming out, and you know there's a ma- you know there's a massive push to kind of re-engage with that customer base on a, on a very large um, way. And, and you know we, we, we uh, the the backers on the the dystopian wars kicks out have been phenomenal, and you know we've we've put a we've put a lot of hard work in on that one, and we're really excited to be sharing it with people. But no, it's 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 been it's been it's been a hell of a two years. I mean, a hell of a two years, you know. And um, you know, because we brought the ground game out for Halo, and um, yeah, it's it's sort of they they have been. You, you couldn't have asked for more support, honestly. I couldn't, you couldn't, but you couldn't have asked for a relationship to be more 
partner sort of partner driven you know, it, it wasn't just a case of them saying give us some money he's the hero thing bugger off it was, yeah. it, it was, it was never like that at all it was, it was always a, a mutual respect thing to their traffic they worked with them incredibly they'd, give, they'd given us probably more time than we deserved Nah, I don't time. know. I think you, when you get that precious about your, you know, when you're talking about something which <coughs> ha- isn't just a product, it's something that it has its own universe, it has its own canon, it has its own yeah. fan base. That you know they get upset. They get. I mean, they got upset the last you know, couple of game releases because of multiplayer aspects and stuff like that. I mean, they can be very, very vocal when they don't like something. So for you, kind of like stepping in, because there's is there am I right in saying there's kind of like is there is it gone as far as there tournaments now that take place for kind of like Halo? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I mean that people people will play tournaments in stores and things, and and, and what tends to happen is certain um, shows people will will will, 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 will very much in, it's very it's cool to let people empower themselves to kind of to run those tournaments. So we have the, we have a tournament kit available and people run them. We've not done we've not done anything um, and pushed it ourselves yet. Yeah, um, but but it's very much we kind of you know you let for shows and groups and things to, to organize. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's time to take place. And has um, this has this made you more confident? Is there other IPs that you've thought about maybe approaching with a similar kind of idea to say, well, you know, we could do this for you, we could do that for you. We could. I mean, I think to, to, in all honesty, you know, um, right now, you know, we, you know, we're working on Halo and having something as big as Dystopian Wars and Firestorm yeah. already, and, and we've got things like Planetfall and Legions. I will again. With the, by the time, with that, that's plenty to keep us busy. <laughs> you don't need another. No thanks. You don't need another IP. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean it was. Um, I think it. it it's. Um, we understand these things now, and I think that you know it's like, it's like all of these things. You know, it's a bit um, the first time you do it, you, have, you you don't really know, so you learn. And mm. um, so, so, of course, we, we would understand um, the the, the, the aspects. It's about like doing a Kickstarter. You know, we 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 started a Kickstarter a few years back, and um, we just we 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 didn't get it right, and we and we we ended it after about a couple of weeks because it just it just wasn't going anywhere. No? Well, it, no, it was, but it was we didn't. I don't think we understood what we we didn't understand Kickstarter enough, right. and we were we were unfocused in it. So we ended it because we were we were just we were all over the shop with it, and it made no sense. It, it just didn't make sense for uh-huh. So we stopped it. With this one, we 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 came in in a more focused approach, and we understood it better. But even 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 over the last four weeks, we've learnt so much more about it. So if I ever did another one, I'd approach it differently because you know it's like honestly, you learn and you and you get better. Um, and uh, and and uh, you know, like I say, we, you know, we've we've been um, it's been incredible the support we've had from the backers uh, on the one we've got, and and they've been fantastic. At, 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 you know, what, if we made a mistake or we got something wrong, they worked with us, and and they didn't get upset by it. They kind of they, they kind of they they've kind of let us fix it and, and sort of that, and 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 it, that's been wonderful. And I can only and I, I can't just but but thank these people for having the um the the, the well the belief. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, 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 you've done it. <laughs> you've just thanked them. So uh, yeah, when that, so. when this goes out, I mean the um, the campaign. As we said, this is strictly night, so everybody can probably guess it's Saturday night. Um, yeah. So the campaign at this point has got three days to go. So we're in closing time. As I said, we, me and Colin did chat about this a little bit on the show that's just come out that we've done. But um, you are almost reached the hundred k level on the funding. 
Um, and that's double your original target. You've got three days to go and you've got about 640-odd kind of backers. Um, for those, I mean, this will potentially go out with a minimum amount of time left on the Kickstarter. So if anyone's kind of guess sitting on the fence, um, why should they be looking at the dystopian world kind of expansion? Uh, the thing with the thing with dystopian was is that it is it is I when we when I built the world I kind of came at it with an idea for a world game, and then I met a guy um, uh, Franco Franco Samaka, and um, we very um, we very quickly started having a conversation about how we build the background, uh, and we built, so what 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 dystopian world was is is, is it's a great game in, in as a war game because it's 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 air, land, and sea all in one. It's got it's got an amazing, gigantic raft of models. I mean, there's over six hundred models we scripted for that game over the years, um, and, it, and it is a true world war. So you've got kind of all of these factions and different types, and it is it is it just utterly encapsulates Victorian super science fiction. It's all kind of crazy, Jules Vernean type stuff. Um, great rules, great world great background but we keep getting we just keep getting better the model makers just get better yeah um, so, the, so the thing with the Kickstarter is that it's it's all of the things that we wanted to do to the world you know brand new set of rules um, the, the new campaign books the, the new campaign guides uh, the new nation guides and a whole ton of new models and the new two player set and the whole it's all the things we wanted to do and it was really weird because um we, we, we ran a survey and the thing I'm most proud about is that the, the Kickstarter is completely based around a survey we did of the customers and we had um, we, we, we ran the survey I think it was on, on, on Friday I think it was uh, possibly a Thursday by the by the middle of the weekend we bless them over 2,000 customers come in and told us exactly what they wanted for the game Yeah, and by the end of it few thousand more to come on board so by the end of it we had this amazing set of information that says the customer wants this 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 and this and I'd, I'd kind of operated in the dark a little bit the story was it kind of like slightly frightened me a little bit as a game because we, we've made so much and sold so much yeah and we saw we've sold millions of objects for that game in its lifetime millions i mean just pieces of, of model bits of models <laughs> just so much of it unbelievable um that I, I didn't know what to do next. I kind of like I was I was sort of like I'd almost paralysed myself with not I, I was I was kind of trying to outguess myself all the time. What do I do next? What was yeah, the next one? yeah. To the point where to the point where I was so indecisive I'd done nothing because cause, and it was really weird. Whereas that whereas I felt very empowered by the research that I felt confident that I kind of felt confident to do it, and as a consequence, it meant that when with the Kickstarter. It, it's 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 a it's to say it's finely tuned sound a bit pompous, but it's no. it's, it's tuned to be what we think people re- want for the game. If that makes sense. No, I mean no. It's the it's the it's the second album issue, isn't it? It's yeah. where if you do make the album that people call a classic, a stunning debut, you know, strong from the beginning to the end, that when you go to you know put together the second idea or wherever it is. You kind of do end up thinking, well, I have now not only got to think about what creatively I want to put out the first time, I've also got to think about what people potentially expect to hear 
the kind of the second yeah. time when I put out a new, you know, a new product. I, you know, I've, um, you know, I know. <clears throat> now I think getting customer feedback is one of the best things you can do because oh. you always get that maybe extra winning idea where somebody says, "Well, why don't you just put this extra." bit in here and that'll allow you to do all of this and you're like oh okay <laughs> hadn't thought about know, that you know <laughs> yeah do you know I'm, I'm actually gonna I mean, the, the whole research thing I'm, I'm gonna do I want to do this on a much more regular basis I'm gonna I want to I mean the, one of the other things we did on Kickstarter was weird that one of the pledges was to let people work with our model makers to actually design their own models oh my goodness and that and that and we're really excited by that because I, I kind of I want to see what comes out of people's heads. I want I want to kind of like the, the, I mean some of the ideas that they've shared with me during the Kickstarter have been fantastic. So this all this whole idea that you know research, talk to the customer. Don't try and try don't try and guess. That. Not, it's not for me to try and guess anymore. It's it's, it's talk to these guys more. I mean, we're like with Firestorm Armada. You know, big. You know, I was speaking. Again. What do they want? What what do they? You know, th- these guys have paid their money to play the game. They bought the models. Yeah. They're the they're the ones who want to play with it every day. You know, I should, I, I should be I should I should be talking to them much more to get that real that because this information it's 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 worth its weight in gold. You've probably got guys out there that have got access to three D printers now, which are going down and printing out their own little things, the little mods that they've done. I mean, that's where we are with things now. You know, people can take a little idea and kind of expand it into their own into their own into their own thing, which is. Which is very, which is very, very, um, which is very strong and very powerful. In terms of um, going forward, then I mean, you've mm. mentioned more stuff for Firestorm, yeah. more stuff for Dystopia Wars. What's what's the future hold? I mean, you, you've obviously said, well, you know, we've got enough to keep us going for some time. But we um, do, we we do. I mean, Dystopia Wars. I mean, if. Uh, well, Dystopian Wars has got. We're doing what we call we call the Core Nation expansion now. Mm. Um, we've got the Alliance Nation expansion to come, which is which is, which is going to be pretty exciting. But um, uh, we've also got this the Feist, what we call we we call it the Feistorm Galaxy expansion, which is taking our core game. We've got we have a, we have um, you know gazillions of players worldwide for Feistorm. That's a that's a that's a nineteen eighties word, isn't it? Gazillion. <laughs> That's the type of thing you would see in potentially some kind of computer magazine, Neil. Sounds like sounds like sounds, sounds, sounds yeah. It's, it sounds like it sounds like the sort of nonsense would have used in the school playground in the eighties, but never mind. Um, How many yeah, pixels we, we, has that got? Yeah, yeah it's oh, got yeah, it's a gazillion. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got megalots. Um, it's sort of, uh, so we got um, you know, there's a lot going on there. We've got Planetfall. There's a lot. Of, I mean, th- that that's a, th- th- what what we're doing with fact that the Flystone one. We've been working on that for a while now. Uh, we're I mean, probably going back to Gen Con this year is when I kind of I, I had a fantastic set of meetings with a whole bunch of guys in the US to to start working on that stuff for me. And then it's taken it's it's taken a while to to to, to gel it all together. But that'll be a massive. But I mean, I'm hugely excited about where Flystone goes next year. Um, so no, it, it's you know, it, it, I, I don't even have to think much about what the next two years are going to be because there's lots to do. Um, you know, we kind of we've, got, we've still got lots of things to do with the Halo universe, but you know, but but right now it's um, you know, it, it's a big focus on Dystopian and, and, and Firestorm. Uh, we we got we have a couple of, we have two or three other games that we that we've started working on designing that uh, that we kind of parked for now because the customers very clearly told us. 
don't do the new games. We want this for Dystopian and Firestorm. So we listen to the customers. So we pack those projects, and we're, and we're fully engaged on those two worlds for them. And uh, that's going to keep... There's tons of work to keep us going for that. So, so next year and the year after is, is fulfilling all of this new stuff. Mm-hmm. Who knows what the, what the other what, what, when, the, when the other new games are going to come? They will at some point come because we've got because we've got a bunch of great ideas. But you know, no, we've got a week. We've got plenty to keep us busy. The other thing with the Kickstarter as well is that, is that we're going to so we're going to try something different with the Kickstarter, and that we're going to try and deliver um, very rapidly for the customer. Yes. Um, so so it ends it ends in the next three <coughs> days. But our our intent is to deliver um, in March. No, really. That'll be. I mean, you'll get multiple amounts of kudos for that. You'll be um, so, utterly. I mean, loved, it's, loved I, mean it's, I mean, it's. I mean, it's sort of the the hardest bit to deliver in that time frame are the books because we do. We've actually got ten books that we're working on simultaneously. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of books there. Um, actually, no, it's ten. Is it ten? Seven, eight. Yeah, ten. Ten, <laughs> ten books. Um, and um, so, ironically, the model making—we've already started. Um, it was, we, we started the model making production um, while the Kickstarter was running. So, because you know, because we, we, so as we were, as a model, as models were, were finalised, we started to get them ready. So, we, we we start production on on the Kickstarter models the first week of January mm. um, in, in earnest to get them out to people. So, we're, we're very—I mean, getting their models to them is 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 easy. Um, the books, the, pro- the books will be the hardest bit because that's going to take an awful lot out of me over the, over, the, over that time frame. Um, but but no, we're, pretty, we're you know we're feeling pretty good about it. I mean, it's like I say, it, it'll probably take us to the end of Jack to the end of um, March to get all of the books to everybody. Um, but the models is done. Well, no, well, the thing is, if you, if you fund if, the way I look at this is that we we picked the funding amount that meant that we could throw resource at making this happen for the customer. Yeah. And if these people have been kind enough to give you their money, you have an obligation to do a good job for them. Isn't that how it works? Kickstarter, I think um, Kickstarter, we, I mean, we've had so many different people from so many different businesses that are using Kickstarter for different <laughs> reasons now. And they have, I mean, they have different viewpoints on the Kickstarter model. I mean, we've got um, we've had um, Matt Gilbert from Mantic Games on, and he said, like, if we didn't do Kickstarter, we wouldn't be doing games because there's there's no other viable route for us at the moment. They're working towards kind of retail releases. We do get some of the smaller guys that say, listen, I mean, most recently we had Kevin Young on, who I keep talking about, but he had a Kickstarter which had a goal of a. Uh, 12 grand and it just finished on Thursday night there at 128,000 pounds so for him that's not only just set his business going but it has allowed him to look at it and say well I can potentially look at the next two or three games for himself Um, I think that Kickstarter and we've said maybe said this before because of the level of presentation that you have to put together to even bring a Kickstarter campaign to get interest in it I think that's effectively raised the bar for a lot of um, companies. And I also think people are very, very vocal on Kickstarter if they're not getting what they want very, very quickly, very straight away. You will see comments turn into um, very direct direct and vicious feedback if 
the campaign promises aren't being left or if there isn't enough communication on there. Because obviously the campaign stays open. As you know, as you're aware yourself, the campaign, this campaign that you're running, this will still o- stay open once the, you know, even after the kind of the funded gate is closed. So yeah. it kind of, yeah, I think people are, um, people are more vocal on Kickstarter, I think, than they used to be. I think there is more no, no. of an expectation of a product being delivered as well, and I get it. But I get it. But the thing is, I mean, the thing is, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna engage with somebody, you know, if you're, if you're gonna kind of, um, you know, walk up with your soapbox, put your soapbox on the floor and stand in it and say, you know what, guys, I would like you to give me some money, and and for that money, I will give you X, Y, Z. Well, you got to give them X, Y, and Z. You can't just you can't just flannel it. You, yeah. You, 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 you've got you know, and and if then if you know, because obviously, clearly, I would imagine that if you take a look at them, I mean, I'm not, I am completely a newbie to this whole to this whole world of Kickstarter. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, there, there are people out there that are I'm fundamentally much more knowledgeable and talented about these things than I am. Um, yeah. You know, we, you know, what we we were, you know, we felt confident because we knew we had a good thing to a good product to show them and a good message, and 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 we've done that. But I think at the end of the day, is you've got to. Um, uh, uh, you you got to deliver the goods. If, you, if you're going to have the, if you're going to walk out there and, and put your hand out and say, put some money in it, you have to do. You you've got to step to the plate and deliver for that. And 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 it's a hard thing. I mean, again, you know, I, I get that something. I mean, it's you know, from our point of view, we're um, uh, you know, we're learning about it all the time. I mean, mm. I, I kind of it's been it's been a fascination um, interacting with everybody on it, and and it was a real eye opener for me. Yeah, um, it must be it must um, be strange kind of being able to interact with customers before the actual product was in their hands. Because I guess when you were doing the previous stuff, like you know, your well, your previous dystopian stuff, your Firestorm and everything like that, you maybe didn't have that level of interactivity even before the product was there for them to to no, look you, at. Well, you, well, well, no, you, you, um, well, yeah, we, you, you, you can, it's, it's to some extent you, you're on a wing and a prayer with it because you mm. can, you have an idea and we um, you know we, we we developed it i think it's i mean I, you know, somebody asked me the other day you know is, is kickstarter does that mean it's completely is, is it a, is it a, a completely different model for spartan games in the future i i, I don't i don't think so you know mm. it, it, we've we, we'd never done it so we tried it um and it was, it's been it's been a um a, an interesting experience a good experience an empowering experience, but I think it's. But I don't. I think it. It doesn't mean that everything we'll ever do, ever, yeah, will be will will be kickstarted. That, that's not how we're looking at it because yeah. I think that's not. Uh, what we, you know, in, in this instance, it made, it made sense. It was, it was a good thing to do. Also, it has um, um, for uh, for uh, for the war game sector, it has become um, a sales and marketing tool. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, and uh, and 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 so so it's sort of it's I think it, it changes the dynamic of the industry because you know for you know we, it's sort of uh, there are you know we're not we're not the world's largest company so therefore there's always a risk involved now you know so I'm, and I'm not saying that you know you always that you necessarily want to, you want to abuse it and make your customer risk and take all the risk because it's not about that no but, no uh, but but I think that it's it's sort of um, you know if you're if we're operating in a space whereby the competitive field is utilising this mechanism to take itself to market, you have to consider you, you, it. Yeah. You have to you have to yeah. consider it because because yeah. otherwise you're going to get left behind. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, but, but having said, but having said that, the one thing I will say is that you know we are very loyal to our retail channel. Our our distributors and our retail channel, are, are, those guys have been phenomenal with us over the years, and we're very loyal. So, you know, I'll ne- I, we don't do this to bypass these guys. No. Everything we've done on the Kickstarter will go to retail, and I think that. Um, but I, I'm, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to build a product, yeah. and then then get these um, Kickstarter backers to give me the money, and then basically sort of like you know. Uh, make them work while I take it to the to the sales channel. I'm not going to do that. that no, that, that, yeah, that, I mean, I do that, see that. I do see retail kind of pledges pop up on a much more regular basis than they used to. Oh well, we we we, we had them from the beginning. I think you know. from, from about from about two or three days in, we had, yeah. we, we'd set the we, we'd set the retailer ones up. I think it's harder for a retailer to embrace it. Um, however, I think it's but you know what's important from our point of view is that we 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 take it we take it to the retail channel as quick as we can. But not to the detriment of the kind folk that have backed us. Mm. See, I think that's where the issue has been on some campaigns where people have had, people have walked into their local favourite game store to see that something that they've backed on Kickstarter is arrived oh, he's on the in the retailers. Cheaper. Yeah, it's, well, it's arrived in the retailers within the same two weeks as them actually getting it in their, you know, in their hands. And oh, I think they would like or, to see or or even worse, before they it's even before, got it. Yes, and I've definitely heard stories of that of people kind of like um, leaving angry comments <coughs> to say, uh, "Yeah, where's mine?" Because the because my local retail store's got mine there sitting there. So can I just take it off yeah. the shelf, please? Um, which is you know kind of interesting. I mean, Kickstarter's here here to stay, and oh, different good, people yeah. you know different people are going to utilize it through different methods. I think crowds crowds. Crowd, Sorry, crowdfunding is completely legitimate. If you go to most accountants or even banks, then crowdfunding is is certainly a legitimate mechanism now in business. Yes. Um, for 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 raising investment, it, it, absolutely. <laughs> no, I told my boss about um, um, I told my boss about um some of the people's efforts, and he was just he was um, standing in shock at the amount of money that some. I was telling him about um. Kingdom Death Monster, which is the darling of Kickstarter at the moment, which is <laughs> sitting at something like seven and a half million pounds, and I was what? telling him that, and he was just like, "What? They're doing that? And what? This is a board game?" I says, "Yes, it's a board game." This is a board game. I says, "Yes, it's, it's a board game," but and it's got little plastic figures. I says, "Well, yeah, there's kind of plastic figures, and there's cardboard. Yes, there's cardboard. Seven and a half million. I said, "Yes." And I just left him, <laughs> left him to con- contemplating, wondering, you know, if I'm going to turn up to work next week and there's going to be like a, a board game idea meeting or something like that to see if he can raise the same type of, the same, raise the same type of money. Um, no, I mean, for the Kickstarter, we've, as I say, we, there's a link out on there on the previous show notes. Um, we will stick the link out um, again for you guys. Um, if people want to keep, um, I mean, if they want to kind of keep in contact with with yourselves, and keep an eye on what yeah. you guys are going to be doing over the next kind of year, six months, whatever, how how would they find you on the interwebs? What's the best way to do that? Oh, it's it's uh, SpartanGames.co.uk. Um, there's a Facebook page which I haven't got a clue what it'll be, but it'll be, it'll be Facebook.com well, yeah. forward slash yeah. Games or something probably. If you search for Spartan um, Games, you'll probably find and, it. Um, 
you, people can always email me, neil at spartangames.co.uk. I love chatting to people, so by all means, drop me an email. I was oh, always cool. happy to talk toy soldiers. <laughs> uh, um, and um, no, no, it's not seriously, honestly. I, I can, it's, 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 you know, it, I love it. It's great. You know. well, I was I mean, chatting to a guy yesterday we were talking to him yeah. about that. Well, that's what I did. I dropped no, I was in. Say, you know? I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I know you cyber stalked us. So that was fine. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, no, it, you know, again, you know, I did, I just, I did one of the, one of the Kickstarter will get people making the pleasure to make models. And we had um, there was a guy I was talking to yesterday, and it was kind of had a, we, we must have, we must have shared fifteen or twenty emails last night just talk, talking about design I did. and that that's kind of like to me that's relaxing. Yeah, that, to me, I, I, that, that's funny. It, it, you know, it's sort of um, it, it, it's it just chatting about these things because if you because also, you know, it's not like I'm trying to develop a queue for cancer. I make toy soldiers, which is so, a, you know, kind well, of, I mean, and you uh, sound you, you sound all the happier for it. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> uh, I, no, it's honestly, it's you know, it's I mean, it's uh, it's I use the word blessed a lot. I probably sound like a, I don't sound like a nutter, but it's but it's oh. I, am, I am I'm very I'm very fortunate, you know, to, to to be in a situation whereby, you know, I have a I have a you've got a customer base that's allowed me to build a business that's that's kept me making toy soldiers all these years, and that's just that's just great. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. Just as a quick aside, I mean, you're obviously aware of the competition that's out there. So, have you ever kind of opened up a box of, like, say, Star Wars Armada or X-Wing or anything like that and taken a poke around that stuff? Or is that just kind of like, you don't go near it, we don't talk about it kind of thing? Um, I've, I've seen X-Wing being played, um, and uh, I don't own it myself. Um, uh, I took a look at Armada in a shop uh, a while ago, um, but but from our point of view, I mean, it's sort of, it's... it's um, that, I mean, lovely, lovely production um, quality on that stuff. I mean, the, the, those guys um, did a great, did, did a great job on that one. It's not, it's, it's not my cup of tea. Um, mm. um, uh, probably what I'm trying to think. What the, probably the last one I looked at was. Um, so, so was a couple of board games that were that, that were shown to me um, last year that I kind of that I liked to look at. One of them was like a kind of a Jack the Ripper type one. That was quite from you, you kind of letters from thing. Whitechapel. I, th- I think that was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a friend of mine turned turned up, and I, I was actually quite impressed with it. It was, it was good fun. I enjoyed. Did you it. Did you play it? Uh, b- briefly, I was, we were on we were um, on a um, in a hotel. Just, it, was, it was their family, and my family. Um, board games. Well, we did our we did our top five in the last show, and, and letters from White Chapels there. It's fantastic. Get it? Just it's, uh, oh, it's absolutely amazing. My wife Such was playing game. a lot with the kids. She was there. They were playing a lot. I was actually kind of like, to be honest with you, I found the sn- I found the snooker table as fast as I could. Oh um, no 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 uh, no no! It's very 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 good fun. Absolutely uh, good fun. Oh, that's cool. Heart wholeheartedly recommend it. It's very very tense, but it's also it's a hidden movement game. But it's just so much. It's very very good fun. I would avoid this. Gotcha. I would stay away from the snooker table the next time they say, "Do you want a game of it?" I think you would. You potentially might enjoy it quite a lot. Oh, excellent! I'll give you it know, a it's go. A, no, it's a really, really, really good game. No, but um, I guess I need you know. This is a thank you very, very much for coming on. You know. No, no, um, no. So I appreciate the time. I th- thank you very much. Yeah, we sort of, sort of um, yeah, well, you know, as you can probably tell, I like talking about toy soldiers. Well, and you seem to have. Um, You've made a very, very successful business out of it, so I think uh, being passionate about your hobbies kind of led you down a path which a lot of people would like to be 
kind of involved in. Um, for people who obviously want to keep a track of what we're doing, um, mm. you can find us on Facebook, We're Not Wizards. You can find us on Twitter, We're Not Wizards. You can email us, which is magic at we'renotwizards.com or .co.uk. We're on Instagram, We're Not Wizards. We're on, we have a YouTube channel, but we have not got anything on it. Um, and give us a shout, give us a tweet. Um, we'll obviously make sure that everything that we've talked about tonight is going to be shoved in the show notes. So we've got uh, something to show. Um, I guess there's two things we do always at the end. And the first thing is to remind everybody that, um, that we are many things. But we're not wizards. Oh, that's I'm just most certainly not one of those. Absolutely. I, 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 I did once. I did once tell somebody once asked me where did the idea for Spartan Games come from. Yeah. And I told them that, and I told them that I pulled it out of a wizard's um, <laughs> um, um, sleeve, which uh, which uh, he went very quiet, and um, I think he just thought I'd gone, I, th- I think he thought I'd gone completely um, loony. But uh, but I. That You're was, definitely um, not a wizard. Was, no, 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 not in the slightest bit. You're a fleet commander. Uh, um, uh, well, probably more of a clown. <laughs> I, I, I don't could know. Be, I could be a, I don't know. a jester, a, clown. No. <laughs> I've had a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun. And this has been fascinating just to hear about the, the journey of, the, of Spartan Games. Um, there is only one more thing to do, which is um, is to say goodbye. So it's, uh, again, Neil Thank you so much for your time. It's been a lot of fun, and hopefully, no, no, thank you. It's been, it's been a hit. It's been a hit. Hopefully, this means that Strictly is now finished. Uh, what for forever? Well, uh, probably there'll be a no. There'll be. I think there's another show tomorrow night, so we could always have a chat tomorrow night if you wanted. Um, but until uh, well, then, we might have to. <laughs> we, we, we classify it as our ther- It could be our therapy session. <laughs> That's so fantastic. It's, it's, just have a chat on Skype and not even record it. <laughs> but yeah, until yeah, the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but until the next time, it's a goodbye from Neil. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Thank you very much. Good chatting. And uh, it's a goodbye from me. Um, stay safe. Stay away from dancing. Stop dancing. Stop it now. I've turned off the telly. I'm glad you're finished. <laughs> You do, you do realise that we just signed it. We, we just signed that show off sounding like a really bad version of the two Ronnies. <laughs> it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from him, which is fine, which is fine. But until the next time, people, yeah. um, goodbye. <laughs>